reason trophy hunting has such a bad connotation, as you say, is because it's so vague. They push to ban trading of animals, period. And, and everyone's like, wow, that's never going to happen. I said, are you sure? Sometimes in the hunting community, we do shitty things and we're not on a pedestal. We constantly talk about how hunting is conservation. It's a phrase that we use. It's technically incorrect. Hunting isn't equal to conservation, only in a situation where you're dealing with invasive species. He talks about how we need to just celebrate hunters. If it's legal and it's ethical, then why are we not celebrating him? This is Robbie Kroger, the founder of Blood Origins, and you're listening to the Wild Initiative podcast. Put down your latte and pull on your boots. Our culture needs people that are leaders and not people that are waiting for somebody else to show them how to do it. Those fields of tofu, that was formerly habitat for wildlife. You're killing off wildlife by being a vegetarian just as much as a hunter when he kills a deer. I'm like, well, you see that bush right there? (laughs) There's your bathroom. (laughs) My dad wears a Levi jacket. He sits in front of a sagebrush and he tells me the best camo is hold still. Not to Donnie Vincent this, but be relentless in everything you do. Don't crap out. Go back to the truck with excuses or whatever. Okay, assume I get a deer. How do I cut it up to fit into a Honda Civic? Just get outside. Just get outside and go. Because once you do, it's all gravy from there. Hey, this is Zach Griffith. This is Hannah Barron. This is Jason Phelps of Phelps Game Calls. Hey, guys, this is Cody Rich from the Rich Outdoors podcast. What's up, guys? This is Chad Mendez. You're listening to The Wild Initiative. Hey, y'all, welcome to another episode of The Wild Initiative, brought to you as part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Y'all, we have him back this week. The man with the, that just smooth, buttery voice. You know, yeah, the, right. <laughs> the the founder of Blood Origins, y'all. It has been a while since we last got to talk. Uh, I think it's been over a year, almost almost two years at this point. But uh, the one and only Professor Dr. <laughs> Robert Kroger. True, true. All true. Uh, How you doing, Sam? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad glad we were able to make this happen. Um, 
you know, uh, you've reached out a couple of times. We got to run into each other at the, uh, total archery challenge down in big yep. sky and, and connect a little bit. And, you, um, I got to hear a little bit about what was going on with blood origins and the new mm-hmm. stuff and figure, you know, it is time to share that with the listeners, get a little update and yeah, yeah, yeah. hopefully, uh, send some extra support your way because what you're doing in my opinion is, is critical is so critical for where we're at in the world right now. Yeah, we, we totally agree with that statement. I think <laughs> that uh, we are charting a new course. Um, I don't like to say we're charting a new narrative because I think the narrative's always been there within hunters and, and within our hunting community. I just don't think people have thought the way that we think. And I think, and I've said think twice now in the last 10 seconds, but I'm probably going to say think a lot in this podcast because that's, if you had to ask me, yes, we have a mission statement. Yes, we have a purpose. Yes, we do these things. But at the end of the day, what are you trying to do, Robbie? I'm trying to make people think. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make people think that are hunters about who they are, why they hunt, take a step back. Why do I believe in this thing versus another? If I'm a hunter and I hate trophy hunting, why do you hate trophy hunting? Oh, because they take the biggest, baddest animal, you know, the the most charismatic animal on the planet, or they take, you know, they just don't care about the meat. They just care about the size of the antler. I will. I, the second I hear the word trophy hunting coming out of the mouth of a hunter or coming out of the mouth of a non hunter, it just, that's the one term. I think that's probably one of the most loaded terms in our community why is it why do you why do you think it's it is the most loaded term sam because it's so full of connotations before that people don't want to clarify or understand it is it is a a phrase uh you know uh, two words that is so loaded with misconceptions preconceptions specific connotations mental pictures that have been it, and and honestly, I like that the hunting community is somewhat guilty of having perpetuated in the past by not being careful, but it immediately polarizes people. And that's why I consider it to be such a frustrating and completely loaded term. We have a guy that we work with. We haven't we've done a little bit of work with him. I'm going to try and bring him on through Blood Origins in some fashion. His name's Michael Sabbath. Michael Sabbath is a lawyer and actually I may recommend him to come on to your podcast because okay. you will, um, Michael Sabbath is a, a, a prosecutor. He was a prosecuting attorney and he enjoys deconstruction of arguments and he enjoys rhetoric. And Michael Sabbath will tell you the reason trophy hunting has such a bad connotation, as you say, is because it's so vague Hmm. It has such power because it's so vague. And so I'll give you an example. Someone who says, I'm a hunter, but I hate trophy hunting. Okay. When you went hunting the last time, did you decide to choose a certain animal to shoot? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. Did you shoot the first animal that came out? No. Did you choose one animal, animal over another? Yes. Why? Oh, because that one had much more meat or that one was older. Well, you just put a value. You selectively decided to put a value on that animal. By definition, 
And unfortunately, due to the vagueness of the term, you were a trophy hunter. Because the trophy itself, the word the trophy, is not tied to uh, big antlers. It's tied to cultural value. And cultural value is something that is different for every single person. So, but Michael Sabbath is awesome. Um, and so I think that's the whole point. We just want to make people think. We want to make people think about this idea. Why am I against that? Why am I against high fence hunting? That's another one, right? People say, I hate high fence hunting. Mm, okay. Why? <laughs> Why are you against it? Oh, because it's not fair chase. I said, what about like a 2,000 acre high fence place where you really like deer pop up that you're like, oh, I haven't even seen that deer ever. Is that, is that still fair chase? Mm, no. Okay. What if it's 20,000 acres with a high fence? Is it fair chase now? Like it's, it's not, I'm not, yep. I'm not, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate, but I'm also just like, have you thought through why you believe what you believe? Because if you have, then the next time a non-hunter asks you or an anti-hunter asks you something or pushes against you about hunting, you've got a better way to deliver this idea of why you hunt mm-hmm. or a specific perspective or position or an argument or counter to that, you know how to deconstruct their argument. I think so often when you bring up these topics, like things, like you said, like trophy hunting and high fence hunting, especially, yeah, you want to talk about some, you know, there's a few hot button topics, you know, we're our own worst enemies in the hunting industry. Sometimes like PETA has got nothing. PETA has nothing on a Western hunter talking to a, a guy that hunts high fence ranches in Texas. Like we, we are worst enemies. Sam, when you, and I, I, I'd love to do a poll. How many, how many hunters out there are more worried about the flack they would get from other hunters than they do PETA and the Humane Society? I'll stick my hand up. I'll be the first one to stick my hand mm-hmm. up. I can I, almost I, guarantee. I am not. I am not scared of Peter and the Humane Society. You know what? I'm really tempted right now. I'm gonna. I want to. I want to. Kind of want to go on Instagram here and put up a poll while we're on this podcast. And by the end of the podcast, we'll see what the results are. So we're gonna put this poll up right now. Just a blank poll. I'm gonna. I'll tag. I'll tag you and Blood Origins in it here too. Here we go. We'll do a. We'll do a selfie. There we go. We got a selfie. All right. That is going up. We'll see what comes up. Who responds? Um, so, yeah. Uh, so hopping back in, hopping back into this, I know personally, and I, you know, I think as you were saying, when I post something, I do, I expect to get, I don't, I don't concern myself with the opinions of that, you know, whatever, depending on how you estimate it, that five to 10 to 20% of anti hardcore insatiable anti-hunters yeah yeah my day-to-day i i almost never think about them they don't concern me when i post content i don't worry about it but so often yeah you post something like i went to texas recently and i hunted a high fence ranch at a buddy's ranch and that was in the back of my head because you know i'm a western hunter i you know i climb mountains in search of elk with my bow that's right that's right but I also went and I sat in a in a blind after sitting in a in a nice comfy leather chair in a in a lodge and 
we had a corn feeder go off and I shot a fallow deer doe and I shot a red sheep you and we uh pull, we pulled up the the little side by side and and threw loaded them, them up loaded them up and we took it back and I took pictures and I'm like and I just you know I didn't claim it was anything but what it was but in the back of my head the whole time I'm like I'm going to get shit for this for hunting mm-hmm. High fence at a ranch in Texas, like a, a high-end exotic ranch in Texas. I'm going to get crap for this. Yep. And I shouldn't ever have to think that. That's hor- that's ridiculous. Well, again, the fact that you're thinking about it, again, let's, let's look at the positive here. The fact that you're thinking about it means that you're going to think about the kind of picture you put up. You know, think about the context. You're going to think about what the comment looks like. All those things versus, you know, the typical random crazy hunting pick that nobody ever thought about and they're doing it almost sensationalist to to drive as much engagement as they possibly can um yeah i wish i could say that i I don't worry about the anti-hunters i I actually i i don't from a posting perspective okay but man my our days are consumed by the other side by the anti-hunters like we've 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 we've, what i like about blood origins is we've created this this place that people know that we're not afraid to comment. We're not afraid to, to go into the heavyweight, into the boxing ring and go up against the heavyweight and punch above our weight class. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to go onto a humane society post and comment. I'm not afraid to go on the humane society international and comment. Uh, Nat Geo. I'm not afraid to go onto Nat Geo and comment because I know that our comment, and again, this is why people see what we do. And again, we're, we're creating this, again, we're not creating any narrative. We're creating this, this new way of interacting with people. They watch us. And it's not like we don't attack it like many people on social media do, right? We don't call them any names. We're very respectful. But we're also very forthright in saying you're wrong. And here's why you're wrong. We also, and this comes from sort of the Michael Sabbath uh, rhetoric game, is that we're very honest as well. We, we, we start a lot of comments saying, we get it. We understand that you hate hunting. I get it. We have a PR problem. I'm going to fully acknowledge that. But let me explain to you the benefits. Let me explain to you the consequences. And you just sort of, people know that. And so, Gosh, we get tagged probably in half a dozen things a day. We're at a point now that we're fight. We fought so hard against some guy in India that puts up these. You've seen them, the trophy t-shirts, the band trophy hunting t-shirts. Mm-hmm. The guy spends three hundred and fifty dollars a post, twenty-four hour ad. He must make three thousand bucks selling t-shirts. Okay, he puts up three a week. Mm-hmm. He'll have a couple of weeks off, and then he'll put up three a week. He has. We've pushed back so hard against him that we've hurt his business that now he's telling, because I, I can almost guarantee you that's what he's doing. He's telling the person, hey, if you want to keep getting my money, before you post this, you have to block this guy. Interesting. Because I get sent posts and it's the post is unavailable. I'm like, I can't see it. They've blocked me already. Yep. Yep. You know you're doing something right when you start getting blocked by those people. Because that makes you realize they can't respond to you. So they have to block you. That's the only way 
because you're having such an effect on their business, on their posts, on their following that you're hurting them in the way that's most important to them, whether that's the pocketbook or their, their following or their, their reach of that message, you're hurting them with that. And it's frustrating and satisfying. I can imagine at the same time. Oh yeah, no, it's, um, it's war essentially. Like we're in the trenches every single day, you know, in terms of commenting, in terms of, you know, telling people how to comment and be respectful. And then when we get blocked, I tell them, okay, look, here's the post. If you want what I was going to say, DM me, I'll send it to you. Mm -hmm. And you post it. Well, you're going to get blocked too. But but yeah, I think, you know, from two years ago, when we last spoke, we weren't doing any of that kind of stuff. Um, We weren't doing any talking head stuff. That's been only in the last year, like real serious topics that, that come up like this. I don't know when this podcast will drop, but today, I don't know if you saw the video. I haven't watched it in, in, in its totality yet. Uh, but there's a video of John Oliver. Do you know who John Oliver is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he posted a video about the duck stamp program today. And it was a typical John Oliver talks a lot about duck penises and whatnot, you know, swears yeah. a lot in it. But at the end of it, he turns the tables and goes, this is such a good thing. You guys, all of my community needs to go and bid on these auction items. It's at like 60K, it's at like 60K right now, thanks to John Oliver. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to, and, and his political views do not marry very well with hunters. But I'm going to do a talking head that celebrates John Oliver. And it's almost like we, nobody in the hunter community wants to do that. Ah, we don't agree with that guy. Well, no, we do it. We we do agree. It may not be politically we agree with him, but it doesn't matter. Look at what he just did. And it's just, and it's, a, it's again, it, it comes back to thinking and acknowledgement. And I added acknowledgement, acknowledgement of the good that people are doing. Acknowledgement that sometimes in the hunting community, we do shitty things. And we're not on a pedestal and we need to be okay to like, not point fingers. Um, but to just be like, oh, no, that's not right. And I think there's uh, stepping up and saying mea culpa when we screw up. Because yeah, like you said, you know, we can't put ourselves on a pedestal. We are all fall- very fallible human beings. You know, we're no less fallible than anyone else in this world. And we're going to screw up. We're going to post something maybe we shouldn't. We're going to phrase something wrong. We're going to... I mean, in the woods, you know, uh, something's going to happen and you're going to have to deal with the game warden. Um, But fessing up to those mistakes, bringing them to light, being uh, turning them into something that is not ammunition against us, but us controlling that narrative and and pointing Mm -hmm. it in the direction of like, hey, yeah, I'm well aware this is this is a screw up. This is not how we like to portray hunting. This is not how. This is not indicative of the hunting community at large. I think that's super mm-hmm. critical. Even in our talking heads, for instance, like, cause you know, I've got a little bit of script that I've, I've built up and typically it's just off the cuff and I'll say something, right. I'll say a, a statistic or I'll say something. And when I listen to back to it, as I'm editing it, we're like, mm, I don't think that's right. And I'll go find the right statistic. And I'll put a caption there, post-production correction. I'm wrong in Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. 
Because that's, we have to be honest. We can't like, you know, spout lies out there because that's the thing we're calling out. We're calling out the lies. So if we happen to lie, one, it, it, you know, takes away the integrity of what we're trying to do. Uh, But secondly, it sort of defeats the purpose. So just be honest and be truthful. You know, that's what we're interested in. We're interested in conveying the truth about hunting and the truth about hunters. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, that's the thing is we have, we had, there's no question. We have the facts on our side. We have, you know, decades and decades of data that shows what we do, the benefit of what we do have the benefit that I can't even say that phrase right now, (laughs) the benefit of the benefit that is created by what we do. Let's just phrase it that way, because apparently I can't say that sentence in a proper Mm -hmm. fashion at the moment. Um, we have so much data. And so if the biggest thing we have on our side, one or one of the biggest guns we have in our arsenal, this data, um, is we have to make sure we're using it effectively. If we're, if we're not using it properly, if we're, we have the data, if we're not giving the correct data, what's the point of we're, we're failing ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, you know, that's not, again, that's not the only gun we have in our arsenal, but that's the one that you can't argue with. The only argue, only argument people can, can wave in that is, I don't care. It still hurts my feelings. You know, <laughs> it's... Right, or my opinion is more important than your facts. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think the facts thing is a good, you know, obviously, you can't fight, you cannot fight emotion with data. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have to layer in some sort of emotion or some sort of emotive language in there that triggers that component of things. Um, but we also we can also look at data a little differently. I'm a scientist; that's what I do. I like data. Is data that we sit on constantly that is just gold, but we never sort of mine it appropriately. Um, for instance, I, you know, we just dropped the podcast today with a commissioner out of Arkansas, the Game and Fish Commissioner out of Arkansas. Now, Arkansas is a little different. Arkansas has an amendment that generates an eighth of 1% of sales tax in the state goes back to conservation. Most states don't have that, but let's assume that that's not uh, in, uh, in, this, in this example. You know, what does the Game and Fish Commission of a general state invest in from a PR Pittman Robertson, Dingle Johnson Act Funds perspective. It's great statistics. She went through them, like 500 miles of trails, X amount of miles of levees, 300 boat ramps. You know, it's great data that you could convert into an infographic that would be like, look Mm -hmm. at what we're doing. And there's so many, so many examples of that all around the world. Like we've got got a wicked infographic coming uh, about how hunting pigs 
in northern Queensland in a place called Cape York in a certain stretch of beach save sea turtles. Okay. Endangered sea turtle nests have exponentially gone up because of professional hunting. And when I say professional, like contract hunting of these pigs. Hmm. Amazing statistic. An amazing statistic. And people can relate to that. They're like, oh, yeah. wow, sea turtles? Hunting is benefiting sea turtles? Here's the infographic. The northern quoll, one of Australia's like most endemic small mammals. Massive population explosions because of a, a strong professional hunting endeavor on feral cats. Hmm. This, You know what this reminds me of? It's like almost our version and it's, but it, except it's accurate. Um, I think we may have even discussed this on the last podcast and it's been around forever. That video of, you know, how wolves change, change streams and, you know, right. change the landscape and that thing. And it's, you know, it's very emotional. It's vaguely data driven. I don't, you know, I mean, any, any video that shows video of elk and, and keeps calling them deer drives me nuts. And I, I have trouble, uh, respecting the the people that made it but uh it's it's one of those interesting things it it feels like it's an actual what you're presenting is an actual scientifically based version on our side of that video like how hunting saves these all seemingly unrelated creatures how it benefits them um and it just shows that kind of interconnectivity between the species and what we do and then all of these other species down the line Oh, it's, yeah, (laughs) and and it's just thinking out again, it's thinking outside the box Mm -hmm. on what is the actual thing that we can, we can capture. It's, you Um, almost have to like deconstruct it a little bit from their perspective. You have to, you know, we typically try and come from the, the perspective of like, okay, we hunt, let's show why hunting is good. You almost have to kind of take uh, deconstruct and take that end result and be like, okay, this is what these people care about and back that into hunting (laughs) to some extent. Um, Just to, just to make it relate to them. You have to think about how you absolutely have to think about how it relates. You also have to think about like, how do you say the thing that we constantly say differently? Okay. We constantly talk about how, uh, hunting is conservation, right? It's, it's a phrase that we use. It's technically incorrect. Hunting isn't equal to conservation, uh, only in a situation where you're dealing with invasive species like the pigs and the sea turtles, then hunting is conservation. But there typically is a gap in that equal sign. There's a, there's a couple of links that have to occur for it to be conservation. And one of those links happens to be excise taxes, hunting tags and whatnot. So go back to conservation. And Pittman Robertson has just sort of ticked over and it's, it's longevity since it's been in place. has just ticked over the $14 billion mark mm-hmm. for dollar amounts going back to conservation. And so that's a big number, right? And you could use that as an as an infographic, and it would it, it could be powerful, but it's almost unrelatable. It's like, yeah, how do you break it down to be more un, more relatable? Well, we created this. I wanted to show it to you on the screen. 
There we go. Okay. Every single day, eight hunters contribute eight million dollars to conservation. Wow. Every single day. Now that's a small number in comparison to the United States. Yeah. But it's an impactful number when you just right off the bat just glance at it. Right? As US hunters contribute eight million dollars every single day to conservation. Beautiful graphic, big number, different way to convey this idea that you know we contribute to conservation. And so that's just again coming back to what have we been up to from a blood origins perspective? That's what we've been up to. We've been challenging ourselves. How do we change this idea of, of what hunting is doing or what hunt and who hunters are, right? So mm-hmm. we have videoed and interviewed so many different people from influencers to complete Joe Blow unknowns. You've never heard of them before that have phenomenal stories. We're starting to expand that story reach into Australia, New Zealand, Scandinavia, England, Spain, and it, it's almost uh, sort of like it's it's been my baby for so long and I've been on all the episodes. Now we're getting to a point where I'm like, I trust you, the camera crew, go put your own flavor on it and let's see what comes back. And we're getting some really good stuff, some really cool stuff uh, that is just expanding the fingerprint of Blood Origins around the world. Mm-hmm. We've got conservation projects, right? We're just implementing direct conservation projects. Who has the conservation project? Let us know about it. How much do you need? I think we like it. It's logistically feasible. We'll raise the money privately or through crowdsourcing, and then we'll we'll implement it. But then we always storytell around it. We always like say, this is where your money went, and constantly remind people, hey, remember that Wyoming Hunters for the Hungry program that we funded, right? oh, here's a box of meat that just got donated and that's what your money just went to yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, in three months' time, we'll have another post or whenever they come in, reminding people, this is where your money went. This is where your money went. And then, you know, beautiful films that come out of South Africa, for instance, of a soccer field that we built in the middle of the Eastern Cape for a very, very impoverished rural community that didn't have a place to play soccer or play, net- or, or play netball for the kids. And they bust up their shoes because they've been playing soccer in the rocks. Mm-hmm. And now they have a beautiful, flat, rock-free field that not only brings them the opportunity to play, and the film's called Everyone Deserves to Play, but now there's hope and there's laughter and there's smiles and there's this, this idea you speak with the principal and the principal's saying these kids now want to come to school. Like I had to chase them before. Now they come because they see everything that's happening. And it's documenting that. It's telling people that story, you know? Well, I think, you know, it's so important to share what you guys are doing because so so many people, I think, they know Blood Origins as Blood Origins is, is the group that you, you guys shoot the really close-up videos, emotional videos of people talking about their history hunting. Like, that's right. That's what you guys are. That's what you guys do, which is amazing. Like, that is... But it is so great to see, I mean, just in the last year or two, how much you've expanded beyond that, you know, to, I was, I was, I was, I finally looked up the date. It was, it wasn't as long ago as I thought. Uh, it was, it was about a year and a half ago, February of last year, uh, 2020 was when we last connected. Um, but so, you know, in the last year and a half, how 
far this has expanded, not just in the filmmaking aspect of things, you know, not in just the people you're profiling, but all of these projects you're funding, all of the the advocacy work you're doing beyond just a simple Instagram post here and there, but you know, the, the outreach and things like that, it's, it's super critical. And you, you guys also now have, uh, a, I think we touched on it for a second uh, at one point, but there is, you have a support or a membership system now as well. That yeah, people can. So, you know, just like you, when you first got into this business, I was very much in the mindset for the first four years, I'm going to get a bunch of big sponsors. They're going to love what I, I do. They're going to give me a bunch of money and I'm going to be quote unquote in the industry. Well, all of those, <laughs> yeah, all those we brands all have heard pitches from people like me a hundred times a week. And they all said, sounds great, but we have no money. And so I was forced to just do things on my own. And it almost forced the integrity of the project, which is I didn't take any money from anyone. Not that they didn't offer it. They just didn't offer it. And so it was like, it was, it was a self-built thing, which is actually for the benefit of who we are today, because we don't belong to anyone. Neither should Blood Origins belong to anyone. It belongs to the hunting community. And so we had to figure out what our business model was. And the most parsimonious idea for the business model for what we do is to turn it into a nonprofit. And so we became a nonprofit in 2020. And because we're a nonprofit, now we can solicit philanthropic donations from people, including philanthropic donations from brands. And we can generate a mechanism by which we can get funding to continue to do what we do from people who love what we do. For instance, the supporters program. So we didn't want to do the whole, we're going to send you a free knife if you mail in your registration or your, your membership fee or your subscriber mm-hmm. fee. Or, we don't want to do banquets. We don't want to do any of that. We just wanted people to say, if you have a, the means to have the cost of a cup of coffee a month, three bucks a month, four bucks a month, five bucks a month, whatever you want to give, we'd love to have your support. And in return, and we know that a lot of people just do it because they want to support us. But let's be honest, a lot of people do it because they want to get an opportunity at getting some free stuff. Mm-hmm. And at that stage, we have all of these contacts with all these brands. And so every month we have 10 to 12 giveaway items that someone can win. So for instance, this month in September, we have a custom leather wallet worth $350. that's made out of elephant and kangaroo. We have a Grumman goose down jacket from Stone Glacier. Last week, last year, uh, last month, we had a Gunner Kennels. Next month, we have a a chamois hunt in Spain. We have all these things that you can win for three bucks a month. And so it's been a very popular program. and And it's a great business model for us because we get a base funding. And I don't want to be you know, reliant on big donations. I just, I want to build a base funding that allows us to continue to do what we do every single day. And so that's the supporters program. So if people want to be part of this supporters program, what, uh, where do, where do they head? Is it just on, is it on oh, the blood, blood origins website? Dot, yeah. Bloodorigins.org. Click on the supporters program. It's right there. You'll see all the brands that are tied in with us. 
and um, you just sign up three bucks a month. As I said, three bucks is our minimum, uh, but we'd love four or five. And when you look across the board, our current giving average is about $9.80, which is amazing. Um, And then we decided to do something for brands specifically. So we created this thing called the Conservation Club. And the Conservation Club is very simple. I don't promise anything. All I say is a brand gets involved in the conservation club because essentially they're putting their money where their mouth is. And so we have different tiers for how much they give a month and we put their logo on our website and we celebrate them through a post, a story feed, and every so often we'll, you know, we'll say thank you to them and our supporters thank them too. But really at the end of the day, The brands are coming on not from a marketing perspective. Yes, there is a little element of marketing, but they're doing it because they see what we do and they go, huh, we love what you do. We want you to go find more conservation projects. We want to see you implement more conservation projects, and we want to see you storytell the heck out of those conservation projects. So we want to help you do that. End of story. So uh, pulling this up now, what are some of the brands you currently have involved in the conservation club? So we have uh, we have nobody at the thousand dollar a month level. Um, <laughs> so anybody out there with a thousand? Actually, we do have one person, one brand that is uh, potentially coming on at that level. Um, but we have Vortex. Vortex came on at the two hundred and fifty dollar a month level. They're the only right now the sponsor at that level. Um, and then we have all sorts of brands like it's. And this is the amazing thing again about Blood Origins. We have typical brands out of America, right? You have uh, Lathrop and Sons. You have Cook Pigs out of California. You have a small family-run engineering company out of South Island of New Zealand. We have a printing company out of Utah or Idaho. I can't remember where First Line Printing is. We have a farmer who runs a podcast called Fully Loaded Podcast out of Tennessee, we have broadhead companies out of Australia. We have a coffee company out of Australia. Um, it's a, such a diversity of companies that have just said, shit, we love what you do. Just keep doing what you're doing. And so, yeah, we, I, you know, we're absolutely humbled and grateful to them all. And obviously we want to fill up that board. We want to just keep filling it up because, yeah, essentially it just allows us to do what we do. And, and it's hard to argue because you see it every single day. You mm-hmm. see the, the, the push and the content just continually just pour out consistently day in and day out. Yeah, I will. I'm definitely going to make sure to link to this on the show notes page. You know, I encourage everyone that's listening to, to head on over. I mean, for three bucks a day, I, I'm pretty sure I waste three bucks a day at this point, you know, just on, on dumb, yep. dumb crap. Turn off, turn yeah. off your, turn off your lights an hour earlier. <laughs> Make yeah. sure you turn off the lights. That'll cover the cost of donating to blood origin. Don't leave your lights on or, or, you know, well, he, well, here's what we'll do. We'll challenge your listeners. Okay. So those that sign up to be a supporter through the wild initiative podcast, there is a comment box on the bottom of the supporters program, when you sign up, all you have to do is write wild initiative into that comment box. And we'll say, let's do 30 days post the podcast dropping. I won't leave it up indefinitely. 
uh, 30 days post the drop of the podcast. And whoever puts the wild initiative in, we'll just, we'll do a quick little drawing of maybe one person, <laughs> maybe five people. <laughs> Who, who knows? We'll do a quick drawing and uh, we'll get in touch with them and we'll send them the, a free exclusive original Blood Origins Helix shirt. There we go. And I'll make sure uh, I'll do once this once this podcast goes live, I'll, I'll do some posts around that for that month. Uh, and we'll see if we can do a little uh, little membership drive. Yeah, um, that'd be great. I think it'd be you. a lot of fun. Um, so I'm going to write a note for myself. Because otherwise, that will leave my head about thirty seconds after we're done with this podcast. With my ADHD. Um, all right, dropping that in. I will definitely promote the heck out of that, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see what we can get going. So, what are some of the issues? Just you know, right now, some of the big stuff that that you are seeing facing hunters, maybe here in the in the U.S., but then just the hunting community abroad. What what's some of the the most concerning trends you're seeing coming out right now? Mm, like right now it's quite quiet because everyone's gearing up for legislative season, uh, which is January of 2022. There is one piece of legislation that's currently in the, in the Senate uh, at a federal level. It's actually a rider that is tied to the appropriations bill and it's section 436, 436. And that is the, the banning of, of trophy imports of lion and elephant out of Tanzania, Zimbabwe, and Zambia. Now, a lot of your listeners are like, Robbie, I don't give a shit about that. I don't care about that. I'm never going to go lion hunting. I'm never going to go elephant hunting. No, you need to care. Because if something like that passes, it's like what we, we talk about predator hunting. Predator hunting is the gate. You have to guard the gate. If you let something disappear, you let the predator hunting go, they're not stopping there because they've just pushed the gate open. They're going to go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. The CBD, the Center for Biological Diversity, um, and the, gosh, I can't remember who else, the, the Restore Someone, anyway, they pushed uh, for, a, for a petition to ban trading of animals, period. In terms of any state, and, and everyone's like, well, that's never going to happen. I said, are you sure? Because, you know, you're taking a wild hog in Texas, you won't be able to move that. You won't be able to take any taxidermy back and forth between anything you do. That's where they're going, right? It's not, it's not that they're, st- they're just starting with the stuff that's the most, you know, charismatic out there. Mm-hmm. That's why you see black bears, you know, being sort of front and center, predators being front and center. Word on the street is uh, HSUS is coming off to Colorado. They're going to ban Mountain lion hunting in Colorado, that's where they're going 2022. Mark my words right now, that's coming out the gate. And because of the administration that is in place right now, they're bolstered. They're very much, in, not bolstered, bolstered is the wrong term. They're emboldened. They're emboldened to push forward all of this legislation. In California, going to come back to the table. Black mm-hmm. Bear is going to come back to the table. Banning of African trophies is going to come back to the table. And they're probably going to get the African trophy ban through because the state of Connecticut got a trophy ban, a trophy ban put in place. Now, that has no teeth. It has absolutely no teeth because it's, it, it gets exempted at the federal level. But to me, that's... But it sets, it sets precedence. Correct. And it's something people can point to, and it's a battle... It's one less battle for them to fight, one less battlefront for them to fight on. They've got it past there. They can then move their resources 
into other places where they're going to be more effective. We need to keep them fighting on multiple fronts because every time we, like you said, we say, well, I don't care about African trophies. I'm never going to go shoot a lion or I, I don't care about coyotes. I don't, you know, who cares if, uh, you know, they're banning coyote hunting competitions. Well, I mean, if nothing else, I mean, there's hundreds of arguments, I'm sure, against that. But if nothing else, it is freeing up resources for those anti-hunters to then come after something you do love. Um, I mean, I, I don't even want to go into that age old saying, you know, they came after the, you know, so-and-sos and now there's no one left right. for me. It's, you know, everyone's heard it. It's overdone, but right, right, it's the truth. No, it is the truth. And, and I think that's why we sort of give a, you know, we, a lot of people say, oh, you focus too much on Africa. Well, we, you know, we're, we're pretty balanced in terms of what we, we focus on. We focus on stuff that's happening in America. We focus on stuff that's happening in New Zealand and Australia. Uh, a little bit of the UK and Africa. Um, and I think it's important for people to be well-educated about what's happening around the world and how to push back. Again, coming back to the whole, understand how to push back, understand how to comment, understand the data, understand what you want to say and how you're going to say it. I think Americans, we like to think we're in a bubble. And to some extent, compared to some other countries, we we're in more of a bubble then, but things that happen around the world do affect us and they, they have a, a great effect on us. You know, people, uh, people can try and pass legislation here and then point to things overseas that then it, it trickles down where like the, like the African hunting, they can sit there and they can fight these trophy ban imports and then, it gives them footing to, to fight things here in the States. Yep. Um, it's any victory they get makes them bolder, mm-hmm. frees up their resources, mm-hmm. um, encourages them, gives them precedent to point to. Makes them drive more donations. Exactly. They can show similar to similar to what you do when you show those conservation programs. They're like, hey, look, see what your money is going to. We defeated this thing. And and it's going to it, it works. It's a strategy that works on both sides. You know, it works for good. It can work for me punching my microphone. Um, <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting like all heated. I'm starting, to, I'm starting to gesture. Here we go. Well, welcome. Welcome to my world. Twelve <laughs> hours a day. <laughs> oh, but it's. It gets to me because I'm also like, I'm the guy that's like, yeah, there's stuff I prefer more than more than others, but like, shoot, you give me a chance to go out hunting for anything Mm. to just experience something new in this world of hunting, whether, whether it's running dog, I've never run dogs before. I've always wanted to try running dogs with someone, whether it's trapping, that's something I want to get my trapper's license and start Mm -hmm. doing trapping. I just recently did waterfowl and upland game uh, at the end of last year for my first time. I want to, you know, I would love to go to Africa someday and, and, Put a put an arrow or a bullet in some big old animal that uh, that I would never get to do otherwise. Right. right. I love all of this, so I maybe I'm a little biased, but you know I look at these things and I'm like, if nothing else, even if you don't fully agree with high fence hunting, whatever it is, as long as it's 
as long as it's ethical and like legal and ethical, I think, and legal is a, that if we want to talk about another vague term there <laughs> that changes every year. Um, well, ethical, let's, let, and I then even to ethical, say, yeah. Well, ethical is the, um, I've been schooled in this because we, we use, we actually bastardize the bastardize. Yeah. Bastardize the word ethics and ethical. Cause at the end of the day, it's actually not ethics. It's personal preference because ethics have a lot of philosophy tied to it. Um, and so I'm with you. If it's legal and it's done in a respectful manner, there we go. And I used, I use, I like to use the word respectful manner because again, respect. So there's a little grayness to respect, but not much. And I like the word respect because it speaks to intentions. It has a connotation of the intentions behind what you're doing. Um, which can be a good or a bad thing. Uh, but it, it, it gives that opportunity for so many different avenues of hunting. And if it's done in that respectful manner, I think we need to support it. And then, you know, and everyone's going to come I mean, you've heard it too, probably. Oh, so we should just support everyone that says they're a hunter, regardless of what they do. No, that's not what we're saying. Um, We've got a cool episode coming October the 8th. Uh, with Travis T. Bone Turner, mm-hmm. and it's called Celebrate. And he talks about how we need to just celebrate hunters. If it's legal and it's ethical, he uses the word ethical, then why are we not celebrating him? You know? I'm with you. And, you know, just swinging it back around, we, every time we fight amongst ourselves, all we do is take away resources from ourselves to continue building what we love. We create divisiveness. We give, we give ammo to, we're giving ammo to the people that, that are trying to destroy us. We're, we're just feeding it right to them. They don't need to go searching it out. Well, not really. We're not actually giving them ammo. We're giving them popcorn because they just sit there and eat their popcorn and watch. And it just, it, it, it sucks. It sucks my soul dry when I see this infighting, and you know, there's there's plenty that I don't approve of, and I, I and I'll admit I've gotten caught up in it. I've talked my fair share of shit, um, and I try and dial it back, and I also try and frame my shit talking in a way of like, it's not so much what you're doing, it's how you present what you're doing. Um, mm. It's a, you know, that's a whole different tangent i could go down that that path for a long time yeah but uh one way we approach that one way we approach it is i haven't really done this very much and i don't know if i will because again we want to focus on the positive constantly um but if i had to comment if i needed to comment if i felt like i wanted to comment then the only comment that would come from blood origins is very simple is does what you have posted help or hurt hunting question mark I would tack one thing onto it. Does it help or hurt hunting for one? Two, is it honest? Is whether you're presenting facts, whether you're posting a picture, because, okay, it may help hunting, but if it's not honest, are we really doing, doing ourselves a service? No, yeah, yeah, that's um, fair. That's fair. I think that's that's where I get a little hung up. And it's, it's similar to what we talked about before. If we present wrong facts, 
we need it's our duty to go back and correct ourselves if we phrase something in a wrong way or show something we need to own up to that and and make it right make it honest and i think uh that's that's really all i'm getting at getting at with it but um so i think let's let's see how this poll is looking here Let's let's pull up the Instagram. Only one poll. person has hit it, and it's blood origins. <laughs> <laughs> let's see how many answers. Um, we have uh, fourteen votes so far, and I've got a couple messages as well. Uh, hmm. We've got fourteen votes. Two folks have voted for the anti hunters. They're more concerned about what the anti hunters will say. Twelve for hunters. Twelve people have said they are more concerned about what the hunting community like coming after them, criticizing them. Um, and then a few messages here. Oh, this is a, this is a long message and I'm not going to read it on here. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to say it. Uh, I think I've already cursed in this episode. Uh, one, one of the responses was there was no, uh, they can all suck my dick option. Um, so there you, <laughs> nice. <laughs> there you nice. have it. Appropriate. Those are the, those are the results of the poll um, all over the place, but I mean, I don't think that's, I don't think that's surprising. I think people are very keenly aware of our infighting in the hunting industry. There, they many of us have been involved in it one way or the other. So I think it's something we really need to step back and analyze and be like, hey, and I, I think it's about fight winning this, uh, fighting this longer term battle. You mm-hmm. know, you have to step back and think about what what is the the end goal what's the the vision at the you know i mean it's never ending but towards the end you know once what are we trying to realize here and stop having such a narrow view of what we're looking at right in front of us no doubt so uh just uh, remind folks bloodorigins.org if they want to find on socials it's just blood origins yep everywhere Um, everywhere just type that in and that that beautiful voice will start whispering in your ear. That's right. Um, <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, all right. I always like to end it. Say you're talking with someone and they're like, I just, I love all these videos you, you put out about hunting. I love hearing about conservation. Uh, I love all of this, but I don't like, I don't have any background in hunting the outdoors. Maybe they grew up in the city. Maybe they just grew up in a family that never hunted. I want to get involved in hunting and conservation and, and be part of all of this community, but there's so much to learn. It's too intimidating. I don't know. I don't know about it. What, what words of encouragement would you give that person? I would say just like anything that you are striving to do right now, that you are wanting to learn Google university is a wonderful thing (laughs) and you can pretty much find anything and everything on either YouTube or Google to allow you to learn. Uh, but naturally, from a hunting perspective, you have to be out there and you need to understand uh, the things on the landscape. So two places I would send people. Um, for the first part, I would go to your your, gate, your sort of game and fish commission or your game and fish agency in your respective states. They are there for you. That is what it's built for. Don't be afraid to email someone or pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm interested in X or I'm interested in Y. How do I get more information? Because that's what they do. That's the whole point of that agency. Uh, Secondly, depending on the animal that you are choosing to go after, 
there's lots of organizations that are there to help you too. For the most part, someone that's listening to this that's interested in hunting is probably going after a whitetail. The National Deer Association would welcome you with open arms. You just need to reach out to them. You can go on their website, uh, deerassociation.com, and these guys are going to, it depends on where, on where you are, they may even take you in the field for a weekend and teach you everything that you need to, to learn and set you up with a mentor. Any of these organizations, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, uh, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, um, NWTF, National Wild Turkey Federation, they are all there. Texas Trophy Hunters Association, any of these guys, SCI, Dallas Safari Club, any of these guys. I don't know. I'm not sure I can support uh, an organization that's about trophy hunting, Robbie. (laughs) 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 I wish you guys could see the look he just gave me. (laughs) We need to rewind and go to the beginning of the podcast. It's yeah, it seems like we've talked about something about this, but but that's what I would say. Um, and if everything fails, DM us and we'll help you. There's so many people, there's so many options to reach out. There's so many people that are willing to at least get you started. That and and especially if you come in with like a desire to not just go shoot something, but to get involved in conservation and to help out others and be part of the community, you will be welcomed by so many people. I like, I have no doubt. Um, But Robbie, I'm so glad we got to sit down and catch up. Uh, You know, talking with you always gets me super excited. I'm also going to encourage everyone listening, make sure you go check out our, my first episode with Robbie 135, learn it just a bit more about, the history of blood origins and, and a little bit about you and your background. So yeah, for sure. But thank Thank you so much. No, thank you. Humbled. All right, y'all that'll do it for this episode of the wild initiative. Check out the show notes page at the wild initiative.com. Get links to everything we talked about in today's episode. That'll do it for this week. Looking forward to next time. But until then, I hope this episode has inspired you to get involved, get outdoors and plan your initiative for the wild. Thank you for listening to The Wild Initiative. Please take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher and head on over to thewildinitiative.com to get show notes, check out the blog, gear discounts, other podcasts from The Wild Initiative family, and more. 